This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. All right. That music just does it every time, doesn't it? I love that. (laughs) What's up, everybody? I'm Parshel, and today I'm hosting the Heroic Council. My featured guests today are council members Sarah O'Hannison and Tim Uly. And also we have a special guest today who is Janelle Anderson. Super excited to chat with her today. Um, But if you're tuning in for the first time or again, thanks for being here, make sure to tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern where we get together to talk about work and answer your questions. So subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube, or join our Facebook group. All of that can be found in the superheroinstitute.org slash heroic. It'll be found at that page. And all the links to this and the show notes. So remember, if you love the show, best thing to do is leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is exciting. Let's get started. I'm really, really pumped to have Janelle Anderson here with us today. And let me, I'll be right back. She'll she'll appreciate this. She knows oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. right. <laughs> no, Anderson, uh, she actually is a woman of so many different backgrounds and things that she's been involved with, but she's a fellow Hokie or very well connected to the community like I was uh, when I went to school. So I'm excited that she's here. We're going to be talking about confidence. Confidence is like that thing that for all of us, no matter what you do, <clears throat> is such an important skill and uh, an attribute to have. So Janelle, would you open up with us and just share a little bit more about you, your background and um, yeah, and and what you're excited about these days? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I, Janelle Anderson, as you have already said, I um, started my career as a teacher, elementary school, middle middle school. And I did that for about 20 years, went through, a period of time where I just was kind of burned out from that. So my husband and I decided to open a family fun center. Yay. With roller skating and laser tag. And I knew nothing about running a business. <laughs> so I went from being a teacher to a business owner, just like that. But I learned a whole bunch. We had a lot of fun. And then eventually kind of in my mid to late fifties, I, we had moved out of the business and we were back in just, you know, working jobs. And I was an office manager at Virginia tech and liked my job a lot, but I kind of hit this place of like, ah, I'm not like thrilled, you know, um, the work's okay, but do I really want to do this for the next, you know, five, six, seven years until I retire and then what? And so I really began searching for what do I really want to do with the rest of my life? These first 50 some years went by super fast and <laughs> I don't think it's going to slow down. So mm-hmm. I need to figure out what I really want to do. And in that journey, I discovered coaching and decided at the age of 61, why not jump in here and start a whole new business? And uh, so I did. And that was like six and a half years ago. And I really love what I do. My passion is empowering women to just have a strong voice, to know who they are, to show up in the world 100% with all their gifts and knowing how wonderful and great they really are, which a lot of women don't know. So that's my mission in life. (laughs) And uh, it just has morphed into this business. Uh, I coach and I also do um, some education. I'm still a teacher at heart. So I have courses and 
uh, workshops, things like that. So here I am. I don't know if that's what you wanted, but yes. there you go. <laughs> that is, that's amazing. And I have so much in common with you more than I thought because I was a school teacher also before I jumped into business. Um, so it is quite the journey. So to talk about confidence is just so fitting. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you had your own experience with the need to have more confidence stepping into these roles. So um, let's dive into that a little bit. Why is confidence so important? And what was your experience you know, going through uh, becoming an entrepreneur and, and you're dealing with confidence? Yeah, well, I actually, I always tell people I was not born with the confidence gene, okay? <laughs> I just did not have it my whole life. And I was in a big, I was born into a big family. I was the third oldest and the first girl and in a, eight kids. So in a big family like that, your voice kind of gets drowned out. And I remember sitting around the dinner table, everybody's talking at once and I'm trying to get in a word and nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And I ended up turning around and talking to the wall out of frustration. And I would just turn it. Okay. Well, you know, and start talking to the wall and my family would be like, what are you doing? Well, nobody else will listen to me. So I'll talk to the wall, you know, and it became a big joke, but actually uh, as I began to like look back and, and just dis discover what it was that kept me from being confident, that was one of the things. And I, we all have those stories. We start to believe little things that can happen as a child and you interpret it a certain way. And it becomes the story you believe that's true about you. And I believed that I wasn't, I didn't have a voice. My voice didn't matter. Um, and so I, believed that as a child. And then it just sort of piled on. And so throughout my life, I just always would hold back from speaking up. And even though I was a teacher, I was fine in front of kids, but put me in front of adults and I would freeze. And it was always that story. Like they don't want to hear anything you have to say, just be quiet, go sit in the corner. <laughs> and um, I have also have a history of some trauma that happened in my 20s. And it, that really kind of piled on more of the story that I wasn't worth anything that, you know, there was something wrong with me. And so for 35 plus years, I kind of lived with that story. And I didn't speak up in meetings. I didn't go for what I really wanted. I didn't show up, like even in conversations with friends, you know, I, I would just sit and listen, even though I had something to say. And if I tried to say something and if I got interrupted, then it would just be like, see, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And along the way, I kept feeling this uh, urge and this call and this powerful something within that, hey, I am meant to speak actually in front of the room. And it was a very powerful, I, I felt like I had a lot to share and I had a, a bigger purpose in life to be up there in the front, to be a leader. But then that voice kept saying, no, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And so this was a huge confidence issue, you know, and a lot of people, especially women, deal with the imposter syndrome. You know, those stories that are like, hey, you're, you're going to be found out as a fraud if you say anything, if you do anything. And I certainly struggled with that all through. Like, I didn't even go for a master's degree in education because I felt like I wasn't good enough. I wouldn't be able to do it. I stayed in small private schools. I, I was even afraid to go into the public school system because I thought, well, I don't have what it takes. I'm not good enough. And it always kept me playing small. And so um, when I hit my fifties and I started during that kind of that self search for what did I want to do, I realized I needed to 
go back and revisit some of those things that I had believed and stories I had taken on. I call them imposter stories and figure out where they come from. Why am I letting them hold me back? And as I uncovered a lot of things, I dealt with some of the, I dealt with all of the trauma, which I had not for 35 years. I never told anyone any of this stuff that had happened. And that really freed me up a lot. And I found that as I kind of took off those things that weren't true about me, the real me began to emerge. And as she started to emerge, I had this confidence. And I was like speaking up in places where normally I'd be quiet. And I was like, wow, I, I mean, I'm just doing it. <laughs> and so that led me to start to see the same kinds of things in other women that they struggled with. And I looked back through all the things I did to get myself to this place. And I did a lot of research on confidence and imposter syndrome, how it relates to women, especially women who are entrepreneurs and trying to really get out there and do something big in the world. And I uh, just kind of came up with a process, same process I went through to help them and, you know, just really discover um, their true, their false stories they're believing. And then let's look at what's really true about you and begin to speak that, you know, speak it out and declare it um, because that's um, a very powerful thing to do. It gets you, it gets it out of your head and you hear it. And uh, that's a big, big part of it. It has been for me. It's like empowering your voice, you know. Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Um, how how would you like go about like uh, with yourself or maybe one of your clients? Like, how would you go about like helping somebody to kind of like know what's true about them so they know like what that truth is that they're going to try and speak? Yeah, such a great question. And it's really not like a one time like thing you do and it's done. So there's a lot of different exercises that I do. One example, I call it the confidence gene creator, because I believe you can create your confidence. Um, and that has to do with owning your accomplishments and seeing the things you have accomplished in the places you have been successful throughout your life. Now for women that we have a really hard time doing that. We have a hard time saying I did that because we feel like we're bragging and we're boasting. And a lot of times the messages even we get from our culture tell us that women are, you know, the B word if you're too assertive. And we believe that. And we're not standing up for ourselves and we're not comfortable saying, I did this and it's good. <laughs> and so I have them just go back through your life and take each decade and just write out everything you can think of that you really were proud of. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I was a pogo stick champion of the neighborhood when I was a kid. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Yeah. You know, did you jump rope well? Did you do well in a sport? Did you, you know, whatever. And just make this massive list and you could even turn it into like a brag book, you know, but each decade. And then by the end of it, you have so many things. And I've had women do this in my program and they're like, I can't believe how many things I have been successful at. And then I have them say it out loud and even like record yourself saying I accomplished this because it makes you hear it makes you feel even more confident because you're hearing the words that are coming out of your mouth mm -hmm. and then you your body is involved in it all your senses everything's involved in it and the more that you do that the more comfortable you feel about saying yeah I did accomplish this mm -hmm. I read a, I think it was a Facebook meme a while ago this gymnast 
I forget her name, but she apparently is the most awarded gymnast in the world. And she had, she has won so many awards and she was talking about it. And somebody criticized her for that and said, well, you're bragging. And she said, no, it's just a fact. Here they are. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that idea. So if we see someone, you know, on our team or one of our friends really lacking in confidence, what do you recommend that we do as leaders or as as peers of other people? We're we're seeing them struggle with this. What can we do to help them? That's that's a great question. Uh, I would get them to I mean, it doesn't really help that much if you just say, oh, you're great. You know that I see all this greatness in you because they have to believe it for themselves. I have one client who for years years now i've been trying to get her to see how great she is and me just telling her that has not worked so we had to help her see it for herself by uh, doing a lot of this types of inner work so uh, if you see somebody that's struggling with confidence you know start to ask them questions like you know where does that thought come from that you're not you know whatever it is they're saying and you know uh maybe even like with the exercise, I just said, you know, can you think of, tell me something you did that you were successful in. And then if they say, well, I did this, but I got help. Well, yeah, but what part of it did you do by yourself? And what do you think in you was a trait or a strength or a quality that you have that enabled you to do that thing and get them to start saying it for themselves and seeing it for themselves, because then they will own it. This, this girl that I was telling you about, like she finally she told me one day, she said, somebody told me that I had a lot of value to offer. And for the first time I could say, yes, I do. <laughs> and I was that's, like, yes, yes, that's it. That's life-changing. That's really, yeah. that's really amazing. I had a client similarly last week and we, we set out to do a project that she was going to work on. And she said, I give myself a C plus. And I said, no, no way. It's at least today because you did it. Right. And which all she was seeing was sort of the parts that didn't go as well as she wanted them to. But really, I'm like, a couple of weeks ago, you said you couldn't do this at all. Now you did it, but you're just giving yourself a poor grade on doing it. Like celebrate the fact that you actually accomplished that thing, which was major. <laughs> yeah. And that's another imposter syndrome thing. It's like, no matter how much success, you, it's not good enough yet. It's not good enough yet. You see the flaws. Yeah. So helping people see the good stuff instead of the flaws. Like we have to almost retrain our brains to start seeing the wins, celebrating the wins, noticing them. And then the things that maybe didn't go right. Well, those are just places to improve, right? Those are places we can learn and grow and get better at, but doesn't mean it's failure. Let's focus on what we did well, what went right. Yeah. Absolutely. The process uh, at at the top of the pandemic where I updated my entire resume and I hadn't touched my resume in at least eight years or so. And going through that process and uncovering the things that had been accomplished and the thing and how it could be written, it really just skyrocketed, I think, my confidence in that moment you know, for what I needed in that time, especially. Um, but I realized that, that that boost of confidence really affected other areas of my life. So I'm curious for you, I knew that I know that this has been very impactful for your business. And what other areas for you just in your life across the board, is this also affecting and supporting you and supporting other people that you're working with? Well, yeah, you're right. It does affect everything. <clears throat> um, 
relationships, even, you know, taking care of myself, spending time on my own development because, you know, women often feel guilty for doing that. They feel guilty for taking time for themselves. And I realized one time, I realized that I wasn't doing anything fun. And there were things I really enjoy that my husband mm. doesn't. And so I wasn't doing them. And then I thought, well, let me just go try it. One thing is it's contra dancing. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's super fun. Of course, I can't do mm. it right now, but <laughs> but I started doing this just because it's not my friends kept inviting me. I tried it out. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, oh, I want to do this all the time, but my husband doesn't like to dance. So I started doing it, just going on my own and feeling guilty. And then one day I realized, but this is really good for me because it releases a lot of stress. It releases a lot of tension. I feel great. I show up better for him and in every area of my life. So why am I feeling guilty about taking care of myself? So it showed up there and then it showed up in my relationships. Like it's really massively improved our marriage mm -hmm. before I wasn't able, I didn't, because I didn't feel like I had a voice. I wasn't able to express myself very well. I would just get defensive and then I would shut down and withdraw. And so it's helped me a lot to know myself better. One of the ways that we can build confidence is like StrengthsFinder, Enneagram, those kinds of assessments to see who we are and learn more about ourselves and see the good qualities in the areas where we struggle and why. And I had done a lot of that. And so I saw that that was kind of a part of my personality trait also. I'm a nine on the Enneagram and nines don't like conflict. Yeah, see? <laughs> so we'd rather not talk about things. So I learned that, oh, that explains that. But now I can learn how to have the difficult conversations knowing that I can do that and still maintain that inner peace. And so understanding myself, that helped a lot. And not getting upset and getting into the emotional roller coaster and emotional reaction of things, it's, it's helped me to be a lot more mindful and in the moment when I am starting to have a reaction, I can stop and say, wait a minute, what's happening right now? What am I thinking? Why am I feeling this way? Because I, I think confidence shows up in, in mindfulness and being present in the moment, or maybe it's the more present you are in the moment, the more confident you are that, hey, I can manage my own uh, state of mind, state of my emotions, and that gives you confidence as well. And so all the relationships in my life are much better because I am more confident. I am more comfortable in my own skin and who I am. And so I can just be, it's, it's kind of like this grounded confidence. And like the title of my book that is at the editors right now, it's coming out soon, is Take Center Stage, How to Be the Star of Your Own, or no, just Be the Star of Your Own Story. And it's, it's, a, it's my journey. But also, uh, I share some of the stories of my clients and this whole process I went through. And it is this place of coming into my, your own, like stepping into that place on center stage of your life, comfortable with who you are and not worried about what other people really think of you because you're comfortable with who you are and you're not playing a role. You know, you're not putting on some other role. You're being you. And so it shows up everywhere everywhere. I show up more um, engaged. I'll speak up if I have something to say, whereas before I wouldn't. 
And, uh, you know, it just shows up everywhere. I heard this great thing that you waste. If you're trying to be something you're not, think about how much any energy you're wasting. If you could just be yourself, you could just kind of relax and sit back and it would be easy. But if you're always trying to be something you're not, you're just expanding so much, so much energy. Um, Follow-up question to, to this conversation, you know, this question you just answered for us is really, if we're always also comparing ourselves to one another. I think those personality tests can be so helpful for me to see my skill set and strength are totally different from the next person. So do you have a lot of clients dealing with that as well? You know, they're not confident, but they're also, you know, overly concerned with how they are in comparison to someone else. Sure. That's like one of the top things. There are three top challenges I find that women struggle with. And one of them is that comparison and competition, it's all, it all boils down to really worrying about what other people think of them or what are other people saying about them. Most of the time, they're not thinking what you think they're thinking and they're not out there talking about you. You just think they are. <laughs> but that concern about what others think and then am I as good as that person? You know, I, I don't have the success they have or I don't have the talents they have. So I'm less than, and that's that will definitely diminish your confidence. But when you, like you said, when you see who you are, you can't be somebody else. You just can't. So the best thing to do is find out who you are. And we aren't born with a uh, manual that tells us who we are. It's actually a discovery. It's sort of a journey, I think, throughout life. And as we journey through life, we get to know ourselves more and more. But if you intentionally do that kind of self-discovery work, you will um, move forward much more faster and you will build that self-assurance and self-confidence. And so those assessments really help a lot with that. And, and I would recommend, don't just take the assessment, read the results and go, oh yeah, that's me. I mean, spend some time with it mm -hmm. and ask yourself like, where do these things show up in my life? You know, where, where are some of the situations or the events or the relationships where that part of me shows up and, and where do these things show up over here and write out all the words. I have a, a board I made. It's called the real you board. It has all the words on it that describe who I am. It's real pretty, but I can look at that and, and pick out a word and speak that over myself, you know, and, and, uh, Think about, you know, all the good qualities that are in you and build on those. And then um, you will not find yourself comparing your, to others, yourself to others very often. I, I don't think I ever do that anymore. And I used to all the time. The other part of that is then you start to appreciate other people's uh, talents and gifts and their unique qualities. And you're able to celebrate their successes because you're not comparing yourself anymore and you're not competing anymore. We all have gifts we bring to the world and they're all valuable. So, yeah, I think it's such a cool way to figure out, you know, who you can work with, who can compliment you rather than see that as someone who's like competing with you in a space that you might never be great at that space. It's like, how do you surround yourself? And, and the, we have on this podcast certainly like surrounded us with ourselves, with people who compliment us because we are aware of our, our strengths and our shortcomings. And I think that's just such a, such a positive uh, way to work in business. It really is. And it's, it opens up the um, the conversation because people are not feeling threatened and they're not feeling, you know, you can feel the energy from other people. And if they're, if they're resentful of you or if they're jealous of you or if they're comparing themselves to you or if they 
or the other side, if they think they're better than you, all that, you know, you can pick up on that energy and it really floats into our conversations and our relationships. But if people are coming from this place of just being full of just that, I, I know who I am, I'm confident in who I am and I'm filled up already with uh, confidence, with self-love, with being able to embrace who I have been uniquely created to be in this world, then we can pour out into each other and just open this conversation and be able to see things from other perspectives, you know, instead of just our own. We don't have to uh, try to protect my perspective of the world. It's the only way to see things, you know, we're, we're not, we're not threatened anymore by what other people are bringing to the world. You know, we're a lot more open to receiving that. You know, I, I always say, you know, we're like a puzzle. We're like a tapestry and we each have a part and we fit together and we need each other. Like I need all the gifts that you guys have and you need the gifts that I bring. Absolutely. And, you know, confidence sound, it, I think it's different for different people. When you talk about levels of confidence, uh, the word that just came to mind is overconfident, which I think we sometimes use to describe certain people. Um, is that some, is that a, a term that, uh, that you define or that you feel is possible? Can someone mm -hmm. be overconfident and what would that look like, you know, for that person? Cause I'm assuming it becomes unhealthy to some extent, but I would love your opinion and what you think about that. Yeah, I I've heard that term and I know what you mean, but I think I would say that's more on the spectrum of or the side or the end of the spectrum of confidence where you would even call it arrogance or when people are at that level, they start to think of themselves as better than others. And that's not a healthy place to be just as much as not having confidence. You know, to me, con the word confidence comes from the root word in Latin fidere, which means to trust. You know, you're confident that your chair is going to hold you up. You trust it. So when you're confident in yourself, you're trusting in yourself and you're believing in your own self. So I don't think you can overly do that, but I do think you can step into a place of feeling like you're better than other people and you become this arrogant person that, you know, nobody wants to be around. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's the danger there. If it, And to me, that is not really a confident person. To me, that's like another sign of not having confidence. If you feel like you have to put yourself out there as somebody better than everybody else, then I would question like how secure are you and who you are if you feel that way, you know? So, I do, uh, sorry, go for it. Oh, I was just saying, I think it really helps to have a healthy understanding of what confidence is and what it's not. Um, at what point, like with your clients, how do you usually um, connect with them? Like where, where, where are they usually in their lives when they connect? Are they usually like meeting you over specifically like they're having trouble in their work lives and that's why they want to connect? Or is it something, is it something bigger than that? Like, yeah, where are they at headwise when they meet? Mm, when they yeah. reach out to you? Good question. It's usually, usually it's women in their midlife years, their kids are growing up and leaving home and they've maybe been working a career or maybe they've got their business already started, but they're hitting that, that place of like, well, who am I now that my kids are growing up and leaving home and who am I now right. in my midlife? Uh, but usually I attract those women that are wanting that 
inner confidence. They want to work on themselves. So I help them do that because they are their best asset for their business. So I'm a little bit different than a typical business coach who's just going to work on the business, you know, the outer business goals and setting up your structure and doing your marketing. And we can do all of that. But my uh, approach is more of who you are. Let's make sure that you are grounded in your own identity, that you love who you are so that that can show up in what you do. Because if your doing comes from being who you are, it's powerful. And it's like Sarah said earlier, it doesn't have all that striving. It doesn't take as much energy. It's, I always use the metaphor rivers, rivers flow and they're powerful and they change the environment everywhere they go. And so when you're flowing out of who you are, what you do is going to touch the world in a whole different way and it will change the environment and it will be without striving. There's such a powerful ease to it. So I, I find that that's who I attract is women mm. who are struggling with, I don't know who I am or I, I don't, I might have confidence in certain things that I do, but there's something lacking. There's some part of me where I'm just not, feeling, you know, fully there or, you know, I'm struggling in this area and it's affecting all the other areas. It's often the imposter syndrome. It's often some story they're believing. There's something in there that's holding them back and they just aren't able to go all full out and their fullest potential, like, you know, the star of their own story kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I bet you have people right now who are, you know, the, 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 the kids are leaving certainly is a major transition a lot of people deal with, but also right now it, it, people have really taken a step back in the last year during the pandemic and thought about, do I even want to be doing this at all? Do I want to go back to the office? Do I want to drive an hour commute into the city and, and come back to the suburbs at night or whatever it is? Like I think people are really taking time right now to evaluate what's important to them. So, um, you know, how do you help clients through that situation? You know, and I'm sure a lot of that comes from confidence and, and reevaluating. Oh, absolutely. Definitely have seen a lot of that. Um and people questioning, um, I know my sister, like she's been working from home. She works for a university and she's like, now I don't want to do that commute anymore. So, mm. you know, if, if they don't change my position where I can work from home now that we know that we can work from home, then maybe what else do I want to do? You know? So a lot of people, it's given everyone an opportunity to really stop and think and look at what am I doing? Am I doing what I really want? Am I doing what I was meant to do? And if not, what can I do to change it? That's been one of the benefits, I think, of the pandemic for sure. So uh, what was your question again? What would I do? Yeah. And I think too, like those are moments though, where if you if you're feeling kind of not confident in maybe the position you are and you're feeling confident about your ability to work from home and, and help a team like how do you then go about speaking up to say mm -hmm. maybe to your spouse or to your family or to your boss you know i really want to try to do this in a different way than i did it before you know you're starting yeah. to feel some confidence but then how do you actually get the courage to speak up about this yes yes that's a good one well if you practice this is something that we do a lot in my in my uh, program is like practice 
speaking up first, <laughs> like mm -hmm. in a safe place, even if you had like a role playing time with your husband or something and say you want to approach your boss, practice saying it at first several times, even write out what you would say, practice saying it, record yourself saying it, because the more you say it, the more comfortable you get with it. And then it's your body's already been involved. Your mouth's already been involved. You've heard yourself. You've practiced it. Then when it's time to actually say it to your boss, it's not the first time you've said it. Mm -hmm. And there's something about practice and taking action too that builds confidence. It's not just the mindset shifts and dealing with those inner stories, but it's also putting into action the things that you're afraid to do or the things that you don't have confidence in doing. Just do a little step. And when it comes to speaking up, I find that is one of the best things is practice saying it in a safe environment where it's not the real situation yet. And the more you do that, the more confident you'll be. It's just the same thing that speakers do when they, before they get on stage, they practice their speech enough times where it's just going to come out naturally and they're not, um, they're not as nervous. So that's one thing that you could do and really sit down, maybe write out a vision of where do you want to go? What do you want to be doing? How do you want your life to look? And if, it, if you're not doing it right now, you know, and if they don't work with you, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to just settle and stay with it? Or is there a, a way you can create the life you really want? And I'm not saying jump right into it, but create a plan. Because when you start making a plan and you have a vision, you will go there. If you don't ever create a plan and a vision, you won't. You'll just stay where you are. So consider that and open yourself up to the possibilities. There's endless possibilities. Mm. And if I could do it, you could do it. <laughs> it's so true. It's just, it makes me wonder, because I think some things it's like we hear and it's, they're good reminders, but it seems like we often forget these things, right? It's like you wake up the next morning, like, crap, I forgot who I am. <laughs> like, what's my name? And all, like, <laughs> Yeah. Seriously, sometimes it can be like that. I mean, how, um, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's the best way to go about, you know, getting to that next step when, you know, you feel like you continually you know, forget it or it's not something that's really in your, fully in your makeup and it's something that you're living at. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, reprogramming your, your brain. Uh, we've have, it's sort of like the hard drive of a computer. You know, we have these things hardwired in there from hab habitual thinking throughout our lives. So creating a new way of being in the world, a new way of thinking takes time. And I often use, you know, the metaphor of going down a sled run for the first time, as opposed to one that's been, you know, packed down and it's icy and slick and everybody's been going down. It's really easy to go down that one. But if you start trying to do a new one and the snow is real deep and you're just not going to go anywhere right away, but you have to keep working at it and keep going there because your mind will eventually create this new neural pathway and it will start getting easier and easier. It's, it's creating a habit of thinking. And so it takes consistency and those little actions every day and we will forget. So you want to create some sort of trigger to remind you, you know, maybe it's a timer that goes off or a note you put in front of yourself uh, that will remind you at first until it becomes a habit. You know, you have to keep on doing things for, they say 21 days, but actually the science says it depends on the action you're trying to create or the habit you're trying to create, how in-depth it is, 
it might take longer. It might not take as long, but the point is being consistent with it. And, you know, every day doing, doing those small actions that build on each other until it becomes automatic. And then it's your lifestyle and it's your way of thinking now. So, mm. yeah. Mm. I saw a great, um, it was, it was made on TikTok, but I saw it on LinkedIn and it was this little girl in the mirror and she was looking at herself in the mirror and she said, I am strong and I am beautiful and I can do anything. And, and she said all these things and you're like, yeah. And she believes it right fully because she's three and she's <laughs> like, but, and it's amazing though, how as older that we get, sometimes we just feel like we lose that, you know, we kind of forget like, yeah, I am strong and amazing and talented. And it's yeah. so easy to let the other stuff in the world get in the way. But I saw that video and I was like, oh, that's so, it's so cute, but it's also so like true and innocent. And like, nobody's told her not, nobody's told her otherwise yet. And I just think that that's really cool. It's like, go back to being that little girl. Like, don't let all the other people kind of tear you down. Like you're still in there. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it takes us, I think like decades to get back to that. It does. And like you said, you know, the world starts speaking stuff into us and we start to believe that's true and it becomes our way of thinking, but it is within us. We have the power within us to change our thinking and only we really can do that. And I, I often tell women, go stand in front of the mirror, men too, go stand in front of the mirror and maybe even have a post-it note there of things like you can say to yourself, like, I'm amazing, I'm brilliant, but use words that are actually in your like strengths finder or your Enneagram, like words that really are oh, describing cool. you. Yeah. Um, like from my board, there's one word that says I'm a trailblazer. And I actually got that from other people telling me, I asked other people who knew me, like, what words would you use to describe me? And that was one of the words that kept coming. And I was like, really? And then I, I thought about it. Why would they see me that way? I realized, well, I guess from their viewpoint, I am. I wasn't feeling like that, but I was a 61-year-old mm -hmm. new entrepreneur. So I guess I am a trailblazer. <laughs> and I adopted it. <laughs> and so look at yourself in the mirror, like eyes, look into your eyes. The eyes are the windows to the soul. And at first you might see wrinkles and gray hair and all the stuff. But just keep looking at yourself and speaking into yourself like you are amazing. You are a trailblazer. You are whatever, you know, whatever those words are. And do that every day. And after a while, you'll get really used to looking at yourself that way. And it's a very powerful, powerful thing to do. How often do we do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, so when I was starting my business, I had actually taken a very long test. It was three and a half hours. It was a personality test, spit out a 60 page report about me. It was a, it was more about myself than I even knew about myself. But what was really cool was as I was building my website and I wasn't sure, you know, what are the best parts of me that I want to tell other people about? It really helped give me the, the actual words and then therefore like the tools to say, I am this. I yeah. am this. I took a test and I know I'm this. <laughs> and, you know, maybe I didn't know how to say that before, but it was just a really cool experience. And I love what you're saying. It's not about saying I'm smart. I'm beautiful. It's about saying those things that you, you know, you really do believe in yourself and the test can help you to, to see those things. Because that's evidence. See, exactly. I remember one time I was struggling as a new coach, didn't have very much confidence, didn't think I was a very good coach. And my coach said to me, where's the evidence? Like, go find the evidence. 
go to your client notes. What have they been saying? And so she made me write out all the things that my clients were saying. And that was evidence that I was a good coach. And that was so powerful for me. Mm. And then I could choose to believe it and say to myself, that's actually true. It's evidence. I can believe that. It's, it's not like made up. I could put my hooks into it and believe it. And that's important because if you just say words just for the sake of words, it's not going to help. So it has to be true. And speaking of the of using words from your assessment like that and what Parshel was saying earlier about her resume, I did that with a client one time. I had her take the actual words from her strengths finder and use it in her resume. And we were practicing her interview because she was a stay-at-home mom that had to go back into work. She didn't have any confidence because she'd been staying at home and she felt like she didn't have any skills. So we looked at all the skills that she had as a mom. What did you have to do to run your household? And then we looked at her strengths finder and we use those words and made up, you know, questions that she might run into in the interview and had her practice saying these things about herself. It was huge for her. It just turned her from being crying in fear to like, yeah, I'm going to try this out. And she eventually went to uh, school to be a counselor. It was amazing. Mm. So, I, so this is something I'm kind of curious about. Um, and uh, this isn't me trying to be a contrarian, but like <laughs> something that always makes me nervous about um, uh, like, um, personality tests in particular. Because mm -hmm. I'm actually making me feel put in a box that like I don't, I don't know is necessarily true or it'll art artificially influence my perception of who I am. Do you like, right. do you have a way to approach personality tests where you're like, okay, this is a helpful way of looking at myself, but it's not necessarily like the, 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 uh, the limits of who I am or what I could be. You know what I mean? Exactly. I have the same issue with those things and people can get so locked into them and they put this label on themselves and that's who they are, but not necessarily. And that's why I love the Enneagram so much because it doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. When you take the Enneagram, you'll have a, a number that's at the top and a couple of numbers after, and sometimes they'll be tied. And the idea is that this is just a starting place for you to explore who you are. And so let's dive into all, we all have types, parts of all the types or a little bit of all the types, mm -hmm. but the dominant and a subdominant, but there's this many layered part to it that you're not exactly like another person of that same type, because there's so many things about you that make you who you are, not just personality traits, but the innate abilities that you, where you perform well, that would be strengths or uh, the experiences you've had in your life, the values you hold. What do you believe? You know, what has been um, your experience being raised, you know, as a child and your experiences through your work life that have made you who you are, you know, all the things shape you. So I always like to look at everything when I'm trying to help a client get to know who they are. It's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. You pour out all the pieces, mm -hmm. all these assessments, but then we want to put them together and see how do they fit and how do they come together in that unique way that shows you who you are. You know, all of us are so unique, not even just physically, we have a unique thumbprint, uh, fingerprint. We have a unique tongue print. We have a unique voice pattern. We have unique hair, how our protein lines up on our hair. That's how they can es establish who somebody is by their hair. I mean, there's so many things about us that are super unique and not only outwardly, but inwardly. 
And so it's, a, it's an exploration. It is not like a quick label. You take a test and here I'm, this is me, whether I feel like it's me or not, I'm going to try to fit myself into this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. We're complex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very unique. Um, and I'm curious too, because as you talk about this, I mean, I can really feel your passion about the topic. And yeah. so uh, I'm curious, like what fascinates you the most about this, this work? I have always been fascinated by people and who they are and what makes them who they are. And one of my top strengths is what they call developer, which means that I just naturally can see potential in people. And then I want to draw it out of them and I want to help them see it. And then I, then I just get into like, let's, let's work on this. Cause I'm just like, you know, so as a teacher, that was what I loved the most. When I got into uh, GED teaching, I loved doing that. I did that for about five or six years. I loved it because here were these people that had believed they couldn't make it in school and they had dropped out for whatever reason. And they had been working, you know, some of them were in their fifties or even older and had this belief in them that they were not good at learning and that they were a failure when it came to school. And so I loved it because to me, it was like, oh, let me find out about them. Let me, let me learn who they are and what makes them tick and, and start to like point out to them, but, oh, look how good you are at that. And I love how you think this way. And as I began to like pull those things out of them and then they would start to see them, then their confidence started to grow. And I, I, I just, it was just such a thrill. It, it just thrills me. <laughs> this. It's like, it's like this hidden gem, you know? And it's like going on a mining expedition to pull it out and polish it up and say, here you are. <laughs> and then to see them light up and feel good about themselves. I really believe we all were created for a purpose and we all have such greatness in us. And, and it will, it's like a brilliant light, but it's been covered up. And if I can uncover that and let you see it yourself and you start shining with it. Oh my gosh. It would just change the world you know just to hear you talk about that as a teacher I've ha I'm having like memories because I used to be a teacher also so I'm like oh my god that is such a an amazing feeling to see people get it or to to know that they can go forward quick story I I tutored this one kid he was basically failing his math class and we got together for one tutoring session and for like probably 80 percent of the time I just kept telling him like man you're smarter than this like you're I mean, I just kept, you know, telling and, and showing him the evidence. See, see how you just did this? That's all I did. Yeah. I never saw him again for, for whatever reason. Schedules didn't work out. And I didn't see him again until uh, the end of that school year, that semester. And he'd actually got a B in the class. Wow. And when I saw his mom, she was like, what, like, what did you do? You just had one session with him. I was like, I don't know. I just told him that he was good. Yes. And it made a difference. And it just, uh, it is such an empowering feeling that I think we can all get to in our different lines of work and what we do. Well, I think in the world and our culture, there's just so much negativity and we're kind of brainwashed in a way, or I don't know, what's the word? Um, uh, programmed to look for the faults, to look for the weaknesses. Even our school system tries to, as a teacher, you know, it was always like concentrating on those things they weren't doing good at. Like if they were getting a C or a D, well, then we would focus on that. But they might be acing over here, you know? And that's really the philosophy behind the Strengths Finder or the Clifton Strengths, it's called now. And when Gallup did all their research, they found that people that were most successful in life and most satisfied 
were that way because they built on their strengths. They didn't worry so much about their weaknesses. They built on their strengths. And so if we can get students and people just in general to begin to see the good things in them, instead of worrying about the weak areas that you're not, that's not you anyway. I mean, that's not what you're good at. So why worry about it? Somebody else is good at that. You can't be good at everything. <laughs> and so then you start to uh, build on that, you know, and, and like athletes, you know, they'll concentrate on their strengths and where they're really good and they get excellent at it. Anybody that excels and is super successful in life is probably because they've been building on their natural strengths. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, the, the focus on, on what you were saying to that student, like you are smarter than this, or you are smart. You are great. You are, I, I remember this question kept coming to me back when I was kind of really starting this self-discovery journey. It just kept floating up into my mind. It was like, do you know how great you are? And <laughs> this is how God talks to me. Like these thoughts will just come. And usually I resist it. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not that great. You know, I'm just Janelle from Christiansburg, Virginia. <laughs> it would come again. Like, do you know how great you are? And I'm like, that sounds kind of boastful and, you know, conceited. And what do you mean? And, <laughs> and then finally I was like, okay, if this thought keeps coming to me, maybe I should pay attention to it. What if I opened up myself to this idea that maybe there's something great in me? Maybe there are some good things in me. And it just began to shift my whole focus away from what where I was lacking to what was good in me. And that just helps you to like pursue that that uh, development of your greatness. You know, we all have some greatness in us. It's it just needs to be developed. Yeah, I think like people really underestimate um, just like for instance, like, I think I used to have like a, a way more pessimistic outlook on, on just like the potential of things that could happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you have a more pessimistic outlook, it kind of limits what actually can happen because if you're more pessimistic, then you're less likely to take action that sure. will lead to more positive outcomes. Right. Yeah. And some, somebody pointed that out to me once and, and, and like, I always thought the idea of being optimistic was kind of a, um, uh, I don't know. It was kind of silly. You know what I mean? Like, cause like so many, so much bad stuff happens in the world. And then like, but they framed me like kind of how I just said. It. And then I started to like, like, all right, I will entertain this idea and I will occasionally try and like think of things in a more optimistic way. And then I noticed that there was like a shift in my behavior, which was the thing that would actually manifest the more optimistic outcomes. And exactly. um, yeah, it's just like a, a simple you know, just sometimes just a simple change in outlook can have like pretty dramatic long-term effects on things. Definitely. On people's oh lives. yeah. yeah. Well, they, they're saying, uh, there's a saying that says what you focus on is, is what you grow or there's all kinds of ways to put that, but like yeah. kind of where the energy is, is where the energy will grow. And there's different ways to say it, but it's the same idea. It's what you're focusing on is what you're going to bring more of in your life. Yeah. 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 So true. So make sure you're focusing on what you want. <laughs> yeah. This is true. I'm going to have, uh, see if anyone else has any last closing questions as we start to wrap up this amazing conversation. I feel more confident already and I got my oh, Superhero good. Institute uh, yes! <laughs> yes! on. I'm feeling it all today. <laughs> I love the name of this show. Superhero. Yes. I, I have a workshop called the Wonder Woman Workshop. 
Okay. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll have to tell us when it's launching again and we'll have to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> yes, definitely. Our superheroes will love that. No, I think <laughs> I wrote down what you said because I'm going to definitely put it in the show notes, but we all have some greatness in us. It just has to be developed. And I think that's just an amazing takeaway from today. So Janelle, thanks for, for sharing that with us for sure. I don't, I don't have any other questions, although I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but yeah. um, I think that was just a real a powerful statement you made. So thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, and I guess uh, I I would just kind of ask, um, like when you launch your book coming up, what is your is that gonna change the way you um, run your business at the moment? Are you gonna spend a lot more time doing like promoting it in other ways? Like, what what changes do you expect to happen in the next year or so? Oh, great question. I'm I'm planning on using the book with my one on one coaching clients. And also I'll be developing and launching a year long mastermind program, which will have group. Uh, and, and what I really hope to do is develop a community of women that are there for each other to support them in this whole journey of becoming our best selves and becoming the star of our own story and also building our businesses together. So in that program and with my one-on-one -on -one clients, we I'm going to give them a copy of the book and it will have a workbook that goes with it. And we will do mm -hmm. what I call the star process, which is really a lot of what we've been talking about today. But just doing some of that inner work um, and clearing away the things that are holding them back and really letting themselves shine, mm -hmm. accepting and loving who they are and stepping out there on center stage and just see them like grow. And so I'll use it that way. And I also hope that it will open up opportunities for me to speak from on stages. I just delivered a talk last week in person for the first time since the pandemic. It was awesome on a stage in person. It was great. And the title was be the star of your own story. And it was the first time I had really, I have told my story publicly before, but not in this way. Like I really brought them into the moments of during those years when I went through a lot of stuff and then how I, how I went through all those years of keeping everything quiet. And then how I finally, you know, went through the process of kind of clearing out the messy house is how I call it. It was a house falling apart and I had to go back in there and clean it up. And then, um, and then just kind of outlining what this book is really all about in a, in a speech. So I'm hoping that will open opportunities for me because I feel like, oh, my awesome. story, I feel like my story can help a lot of women who have been through similar things and are afraid to speak up because of the shame that covers them because of things that have happened. Hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for being with us today. How can people get in touch with you if they want to connect or maybe even work with you? Absolutely. So my website is emerginglifecoaching.com. And you can contact me through that. There's a couple of freebies on there. If you want to get on my newsletter email list, mm. um, I am launching a course in June, June 3rd, called Fearless Confidence Formula. It's a six-week course that helps women build confidence in speaking up, particularly. And I've got some webinars uh, that will, where I'll talk more about that. Um, I have a webinar on the 27th that I can send you a link to that would help, uh, that I'll be starting to promote here pretty soon, called Conquer the Imposter Within, How to Speak Up with Confidence and Attract More Clients. So mm. they're 
everybody's free to come to that. It's a free webinar. I have even men signing up. So everybody's welcome. Very well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you guys You're got welcome. that. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. I'm just so intrigued by the topic. And I think we can all use just a little bit more confidence um, in, in all, all meaning of the word. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and hanging out with the Heroic Council again next week. I'm not sure what's happening, but it's going to be something great. Next week, we're actually going to be talking with a fitness coach and a fitness expert about, you know, how can we get a little bit back in shape as the world opens up again? Some of us maybe have backed on a few during the pandemic, or we just want to, again, maybe gain some confidence uh, the way our body looks. So she's going to be uh, talking with us about that. So it'll be a, a cat, cat fitness is coming on. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's going to be a good one. Thanks again for joining. And should we end with what we're into, what someone's into? That's like our last little pop-up question that we throw. So I'll ask that to you, Janelle. Is there, and this could be anything like a TV shows, apps, something that's just hmm. new that you're um, really into right now and geeked out on. Oh, um, wow. Let's see. Um, I have been... <laughs> I've been watching all these different series on Amazon. I just finished one called Missing. There's some good ones on there. Uh, that one was really okay. powerful. The frustrating thing is it ends. It's like mm. <laughs> that's the oh. worst. You're so into a show. <laughs> yeah, it's like I want, I want more. But it was so good. I think we're so used to binging shows and we get you know 12 episodes at once. Well, my husband and I have been watching uh, Mayor of Easttown on HBO, I guess, and it's weekly. So Sunday nights were like, wait, again, there's another episode, but it seems so old fashioned to watch something weekly, but we're very into that. And it's actually filmed right around where we live, which is, which is kind of cool. Um, so we're recognizing certain things in the show. So it's kind of fun. Nice. There's a series I like that's on, uh, it's based in Canada. Um, when comes the heart it's called, it's really a feel good kind of hallmarky, but I love it. <laughs> It's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, you all, for joining us today. That's it for the Heroic Council. We'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Janelle. I guess. Bye.